Hello and welcome back to the Personal Journey Portal podcast. As soon as I started it, what are we laughing at? You, I don't know what we're laughing at. I don't even know what we're laughing at anymore. It's got to the point where what are we laughing at? Your countdown. What's wrong? My countdown. It does a countdown, right? So the software we use to record this wonderful podcast. That's not my words. That's the million millions of listeners. The feedback they send us in. But it does a countdown. It sounds at five. It gives it the five, the four, three. And then he gets a bit rude on the two and the one. And he thinks it's funny. He does it every time, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> and it sets you you've set yourself off to laugh at this. Haven't you? I feel like you need so to well put me done. on the naughty step or something and give me detention. Well, you've got to, after this podcast, you've got to write out everything we said. Everything we've said. <laughs> everything we said. Out. And I'm going to waffle. <laughs> no change there, then. <laughs> no change there. I mean, I think you give me a run for my money on that. Ooh, I don't know about that. But talking of money, if you've seen the title of this podcast, oh, same you'll, you'll see. The, I'm good at that. It's Transitioning. like a duck sliding into the pond. <laughs> that is one of the best analogies I've ever heard Have you seen a duck you. slide into a pond? Well, I can't say it's something that goes down into the pond. Effortless. <laughs> I can't right, say I do it on a regular like basis. like to feed the ducks, all right? Fair enough. So talking about money and ducks, today we're going to be talking about how to make 3,000 or 3K a month consistently as a PT, because you always see the online gurus throwing out the 10K, 20, 50K a month. It's not realistic for the majority of people. 3K is seems like a good goal to go for. It's a decent salary, and it'll actually keep you actually enjoying your job, providing you actually have enjoyable clients because you earn half-decent money as well. And just before we delve into our classic dad crap, the reason why we picked 3k a month was as i said it's a decent amount but we had some interesting figures didn't we pete when you looked at the average pt salary if you just look on google to try and yeah so i just googled it and uh we were just having a bit of a laugh because there's some wild figures on there wasn't there the first one i think i read it ranged from 15 grand to 60 which is (laughs) a big sort of we said it's a Quite a large range, that forty-five grand difference from the bottom end to the top. But I think when you get a little bit further into it, you're looking at about thirty, maybe thirty-two, thirty-four, thirty-five, around that sort of figure, aren't you? Thirty-plus grand yeah. uh, for the year. Uh, that's what you're sort of dealing with. And I, I think we'll we'll come up with that, didn't we? Because I remember when I was looking for a PT. Well, job, I suppose, when I got my qualification for my level three. A lot of these websites you go to, these job websites, they sort of say what you can expect uh, salary to have. And even some of the course providers, when you're looking for a level three qualification to take on, if you've decided you want to go down the PT route, they will sort of forecast these big salaries, won't they? Yeah. Of 30 plus maybe up to 40, 50, I've seen, saying you can earn this a year. And you know how we feel about sort of these providers that they all almost offer you all this 
sort of gold at the end of the rainbow, but they don't always show you how to get the clients to get that gold and to get that income for the year, do they? Mm. Like the, the last thing I'd recommend is trying to get a client and charging in gold. Have you, will you say that, but <laughs> have you looked on the gold markets at the night? Because gold could be up there. Yeah. Well, I, I take it you're referring to the actual price of gold as the commodity. Yeah. 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 So yeah, I do know this because not to bore everyone and go into some financial sort of markets and the stock market and stuff. But the reason I know that is because usually when interest rates go up, as they are quite high at the minute compared to what they have been in the last 15 years, gold prices go up as well. So maybe that is a good time to now charge in gold. Well, I'll tell you when gold prices on the up, you just go on your high street and you'll find someone, some shop buying gold and they'll buy any sort of gold and take it off you, won't they? Yeah. So maybe, I mean, this has taken a bit of a turn to where I thought we'll go down with this podcast. So essentially, don't listen to anything we're going to say for the next 25 minutes. Just charge in gold and you'll become a millionaire. Well, that's it. Well, the thing is, you could charge in Bitcoin as well. Well, you've got to be careful with your Bitcoin, haven't you? Exactly. Yeah. I think we spoke about it in a podcast like ages ago about Bitcoin, but I think that was back when crypto was like right at the, the peak of the market about a year and a half yeah. ago when Bitcoin and Ethereum and all those were like on the, the bull run where they're like really high. But I, actually, I think I did. I do remember talking about this because I remember telling you that I had a big crypto portfolio, like a massive crypto investment of a grand total of, wait for it, £8.20. How's that come on since we last spoke? That's a very good point. I can have, I can check my uh, wallet now. Do you have any? No, I don't have any. I watched. I think we talked about it as well. Because I've been watching that program about it. I think it was on Channel Four, and they've done a bit of a documentary, sort of telling you the basics. Yeah. In... So, in sorry, when did I when did I actually invest in this? I don't even know. So I invested in it on the June year 2022. So it was like just under a year ago. So I invested, yeah, about just under 10 quid. It's now I love £12.74. Wow. I love that you, you were that sure on your investment, you went in big. <laughs> I know. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? <laughs> that, that's the thing. And now I guess you could say that... I've made it. Well, I think you should cash out now. I think I should as well. Sell sell them and get in the gold. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so essentially I'm selling the new age sort of currency, aka crypto, and selling the old school, and sorry, buying the old school way of selling and buying, which is gold. I'll tell you what I've always wanted to do. And you remember you see the... Is it the cowboys and stuff? They used to sort of go up the up to the river and they'll get them things and they'll get the dirt in the river and they sift through it to get a nugget of gold. Right. That looks quite good for them, doesn't it? Mate, you're more than welcome. 
to I've got a I've got a sieve in the kitchen. So whenever you're next to you, you're more than welcome. You're more than welcome to go down to the tine and with my sieve and see if there's any gold in there. Work in the tine. Why not? You've got to go to areas where there's gold. Well, how how would how would you know that it's there? Well, I can't tell you that because you'll be up there. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't need more competition in the river. I know what you do in your spare time. Seven, yeah. Seven. I get enough of that. Seven. Yeah. What was I going to say? Programs. You been watching anything good recently? Is in Netflix type programs. I mean, whatever sort of program you want to disclose that you've been watching on here, you go well, for it. It doesn't it, have it's... to be just that. One provider. Well, I can't disclose them on here. So I'll tell you what. I'll tell you after hours when when we're not on air anymore. There's some really good ones. It revolved. There's, there's one. There was one. Someone was telling me the other day. It was something about a cup and the girls or something. Oh God! I think we need to get off that topic. <laughs> Next, you'd be telling me you'd be grabbing a taxi. But anyway, <laughs> of the fake Ryan. The fake variety, yeah. Fake variety of taxi. Anyway, let's get off that. Let's get off let's, that one. Let's, so, let's move what have quickly. I been? What have I been watching? So we finished you. Mm-hmm. What? what? You finished? No, one? you. Not I, me. I was over here. You, you were doing. <laughs> I'm thumbs <laughs> by the way. You, you don't know how <laughs> I've been watching you. That's the creepiest thing you've ever said to me. <laughs> So we've been watching that. We've finished that. So the, have you seen it? I've seen it. Yeah, we didn't finish it. <laughs> you? Didn't finish you, though. No. <laughs> no, you, not me. Oh, no. This is, this honestly, this is probably the best podcast we've done. Simply on this segment. <laughs> if there was ever going to be a TV program where me and you would have absolute Bill and Barry chuckle dad crap, it would be. We should do uh, like the apprentice in the vehicle, yeah, they have like a reaction show, yeah, like the previous episode. We should be doing the you previous episode reaction thing when it was coming out. That would have been good crack. What? So we do we do with a reaction of of the you. previous episode. So say it was, there was one coming out every week of you on this podcast <laughs> of you. Right, we do a show about it, and we'll ah, just right, talk okay. about. It. Imagine the crap of that. It would be <laughs> every first twenty minutes would just be the you, <laughs> mate. The same joke every same single joke. week, and then we'd actually talk about the episode. Well, it's anyway, like show really, <laughs> pretty much about the, literally what we're doing now, but not in lifetime. So I've been watching that. The first part of season four, that is, was a little bit hit and miss it was probably the worst out the previous three series but they brought the second part of season four a few like two weeks ago and the second part of season four was really good like it really did change quite a bit and was very good i'd recommend it without trying without giving too much away i'd highly recommend it good well that's good I'll tell you what I've been watching is, have you watched MH370? Alex has, I haven't. 
Now that is a good one. That's obviously following the Malaysian aeroplane that went missing. Yeah, I mean, the storyline isn't good. It's not, it's not a good storyline. I mean, we all know the storyline. Uh, I mean, unless you've been living under a stone or a rock. But yeah, like it's not a good ending. But it's one of them, because Netflix do it doing a lot, where they do these like unsolved mysteries. Yes, they love there's them. There's one series that's unsolved mysteries. And you watch them, you think, this is really good. But they're, not, they're still unsolved. Yeah. So you don't get that closure. And then there was another series on Netflix, like Unsolved Mysteries, but it gave you the closure because it, it told you what happened in the end. Unfortunately, this one falls into the first category. Mm. But yeah, there's so many crazy. When you actually get into the science of this plane, like, there was what? Was that? Nearly 300 people on this plane, right? This this plane journey, the, the route it takes from Malaysia to Beijing, I think it was. That happens daily, and there's no bother. It just happens. But this plane went missing. It just goes off the radar completely, right? And it, it just becomes invisible, essentially, on radar. And... It's just mad to think that this plane, where it ends up, we don't know. But how can a plane that size just vanish? That's the billion pound question. It is. And there's these crazy theories, conspiracy theories. Obviously, they haven't found the plane, so that just feeds into it. Then they found some of the wreckage, but then that doesn't really add up. Yeah, it's just... So just what's your theory? I think that, well, supposedly, aren't the cargo on the plane? Should I, should I be saying this if you haven't watched it? Or? Yeah, it's fine. Because this is kind of fine right episode. It's fine. I it's think a true that, story. Um, I could just research it anyway. I think the Americans are involved. Military. Right. Mm. And if the Americans are listening... Allegedly involved. Yes. Uh, if you don't hear from me next week, you know there's some <laughs> truth in that. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's terrible. Uh, it really is bad. And I'll tell you what, on a, another thing I've been watching on a lighter note is Welcome to Rexo, which if oh, you're into football, Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. It's basically... I haven't seen it. Documentary following Ryan Reynolds and McIlvenny, the other fella, mm. that buy Wrexham Football Club, which is actually the third oldest club in the world. What was the... Re- I still don't know. What was the reason for them buying Wrexham out of every, every club? Why Wrexham? Well, I, I think they're in financial... I don't think that they're not from Wales... There's nothing to do with that. I think exactly. So they just why? happened to come across it, and I think it's Matthew Vanny that gets into it first before Ryan, and he he gets Ryan Reynolds involved because he's got a bigger following, wealth. He's like Twitter and Instagram are just massive, 
he's got 20 million followers at the time of it and stuff like that. So he, they just take it on and they like it because they're both from like a working class background and they just sort of see that in the people of Wrexham. Because Wrexham was top of Wales, isn't it? And they had a big, I think, big fishing sort of business there. They had a big mining business and that all went south. And essentially, there was a lot of poverty. So they just sort of see that side of it and they just wanted to get Wrexham back into the football league. And yeah, it's it's just quite funny to watch them take over and they just don't have a clue at the start and they're like American, they just don't know what soccer is. But to be fair, they're throwing everything at it. They do, what league are they in? Are they in League 2 now? League 1? I think, no, I don't think they are because I think when on the first series... There's only one series out, but I think they're making the second one at the minute. They're actually in the conference, which is below League Two now. Yes. So, Verama? Um, yeah, they're in the National League, the top. National League. The top at the minute, but when they get to, taken over, they're, they're quite low down, and they've got to do a lot of stuff quick. They managed you to would have, like a championship You would have thought they should be going up this season. Leagues. All sorts of stuff, but it's quite good if you like football. I lost you there for a second, Pete. Yeah, I was just saying it's quite good if you're into your footy. Mm. Interesting. Um, yeah, I think, what else? Unforgotten? Watch that. That's on right. TV. Yeah, yeah. One of my clients was on about this uh, a few weeks ago. I haven't seen it. Yeah, there's there's a good few series of it. And yeah, it's just good. It's about you know, the old days around the murder, body getting found, first episode. But it's one of them first episodes. You they introduce you to about twenty characters quite quickly, and you're thinking, how are they? But they're all connected somehow. And then, as the six episodes pass, they sort of you get to see how they're all intertwined. Is it recent? This unforgotten. Unforgotten. Yeah. Yeah, like last month or something. Uh, I might watch it then. Do I you recommend it? It's still on. No, sorry. It's, so I watched it on the, the Dodgy Box. But then I could watch the full series, but it's actually still, might be still live. Like mm. maybe end episodes on TV itself. Mm. I'm going to watch it. So yeah, they're my recommendations. Thanks very much i'm gonna put that down on my list on that note i think we should i'm just putting that down on my list i think on that note before we delve into any more other things well actually i know you'll be chomping at the bit before we delve into the actual topic of the podcast do you have any dad joke i've got one dad joke so basically my current girlfriend Current. Current, yeah. Current. Okay. <laughs> you, you plan on changing, like. No? Why? <laughs> well, why would you say current? No, you don't need to that. include that. You just say my girlfriend. You don't need to say current. Oh, I suppose. All right, I'll let you. My girlfriend, her, uh, her previous boyfriend was a clown. So I'm, I'm just struggling a bit because 
such big shoes to fit into. <laughs> anyway, I don't have a joke, but I'll make sure for next week that I do have one. So let's move on. <laughs> Fun to it's really... You've added that to your list, haven't you? What? Not the joke. The TV program, not the joke. No. <laughs> I don't mean the joke, the fact you need a joke for next week. Yes, yes, yeah, I've, I've added that, that one, not the actual joke you just said. So let's delve into the podcast topic, otherwise we'll be here all day. So as I said at the start, we're going to be talking about how to make 3K a month consistently as a PT. We're going to delve into a few areas of what we'd recommend you do first. We're not going to, I don't think we should go into absolute specific specifics of each step, Pete, because we have done that a lot in regards to conveyor belt, and last week we spoke about selling as well. So if you want to go into specifics of each step, obviously search in the search bar of our podcasts and you can do that. So Pete, first thing, if someone wants to make 3K a month, what's the first thing they should do? Well, this this is a topic we've covered a few times, but you basically, you've got to work out what your targets are, what your goals are, what what do you want your your schedule, your weekly routine to look like? And so that that could be how much free time you need to to see the family, see the friends, see the missus, mister, whatever it is. How many hours do you actually want to be in the what income level do you want it to be at? We we've talked about here three grand a month, haven't we? So Let's just work off that. So to, to earn three grand a month, how many hours have you got to do? So then you start to look at how many clients you need. What's going to be your hourly rate? The next topic, we're going to cover in this in a little bit more is your pricing. Work off a, a sort of figure per hour. It could be per hour, it could be packages, whatever it is. And then work back, how many clients do I need to be paying at that amount to get three grand in this example and if you're coming away with a figure of 30 40 plus hours to get to that then maybe you need to look at those calculations look at that price per hour and think if i up that a little bit could i then have less hours in the gym because you, you probably finished pt school as we call it and you're champing at the bit to get going, but don't burn yourself out, which is what I did probably at the time, is threw myself into there, wanted to get to 30, 40 plus hours as fast as possible, and didn't maybe sit down and do this goal setting, looking at how my work-life balance would look, and I strongly suggest from doing it that way that you do look at it before you get into that. That is a mistake I made. So I think there, the first, that's the first thing you've got to do. You've got to do, you've got to do the sums, do the maths, look at the work-life balance. What do you want your work-life balance to look like? The closer you can get to what you want it to be like, so you're getting that free time, so you're not burning out, the better. The more that, the longer you'll last in the industry and the more you can give to your clients because you're, you're not feeling burnt out washed out because you you're full of energy you're not in the gym 
all the time. So I think it's really important that that's the first area that you want to look at. I think Lewis will move us on to the next area. So the second area, after you've done all that, and as Pete touched on, is to work out which pricing model you want. And a good point Pete made there was if you have done the sums and you have got to a figure of 3K a month, but it's saying that you need to do 30, I would put a threshold of anything above 30 hours in AK PT hours is too much. If you're, if you're wanting to earn three grand a month, it's too much doing 30 hours. And it comes down to, you need to be charging more per hour. It's as simple as that. So we need to work out which pricing model suits you. In our PTP course, which we run, which yes is paid for, we do teach the hybrid model. You don't have to do this. It's just what we think is most effective. And when I say the hybrid model, it essentially means mixing one-to-one PT with some online workers as well. And you can go back to our other podcasts to find out exactly how that runs or if you actually want the specifics to do it yourself and incorporate it into your business. Obviously, head to the link in the description of the podcast and you can check that out in the course link. But essentially, if you're doing the hybrid model, it's going to be a mixture of seeing a person in, in the gym so you can train them, but also giving them the training plans and doing essentially traditional online coaching work. The benefits of this are that you can charge more per hour because you are mixing the two. Or if you don't want to do the hybrid model, I would say, especially maybe if you're starting out as a PT and you just want to get that experience, maybe the traditional charging per hour is better for you. So whether you're charging 35, 40, 45 pound, 50 pound per hour, again, we are going to break down some sums at the end as well, based on what I think and what I think you, you should do, which is best for you. But to summarize the second step, once you've done the first step, which is writing your goals and done the numbers, the second step, work out which pricing model you want to do. Third step, or anything you want to add to that, Pete? Yeah, so I think you nailed it on the second step, so I'm just going to take us straight into the third step. So you've decided how many clients that you need to get in your business, in your weekly schedule, to be hitting that three grand mark per month. Now, we've got to do the simple task of getting those clients now. And I say simple task. Because it, I feel it gets portrayed as quite a difficult task to get those clients. And it can be if you're not doing the right stuff. I think the, if you're doing the right stuff, it can become quite easy. So we have spoken about this so many times about actually speaking to someone. Nothing about crazy Facebook marketing, targeting certain demographics, at certain hours of the day, none of that. You don't have to throw money at it. You can actually do this for nothing. And that is the case of just getting off your ass in the gym, in that commercial gym, and getting around the place, talking to people. And I don't mean going in for the hard sell. I mean actually engaging with people, giving value to them, not just expecting them to jump into your service. You have to actually give them some value give them a reason why they might buy into you. If you set the idea that you may, maybe need 12 clients for that month, you're starting from scratch, you've maybe got no clients, you've started in a new gym, 
how many clients, how many potential people could you talk to daily without it actually becoming a long job, like taking over your full day? Not that, not a lot really, is it? If you, if you say, let's say we'll pick 10 people a day, 10 people a day isn't that much. It's just a simple, it might be just a simple, hello, how are you? Anything I can do to help you? Or you could get into a bit more general conversation. You could say that you're doing some sort of later on in the afternoon or later on within the hour of when they are there. If you want to join in, it's free to join in. And then you can jot down the details, things like that. There's lots of different ways that you can talk to someone. The way that I used to do it when I was on shift, I used to go and clean maybe some of the kit and you'd end up cleaning next to someone that was on the treadmill or cross train or somewhere like that. And you just have a bit of small talk with them. That still counts as a person spoken to. So if you're talking to 10 people a day, maybe you'll do that five, six days a week. That's what 50, 60 people a week. Now valuable conversations as well. Valuable conversations as well. Not just hello. So let's say we're going with 50 people a week. Over the course of the month, that's 200 people. Now, you can't tell me that if you're speaking to that many people and you have valuable conversations, that some of them aren't going to jump on that conveyor belt we mentioned. And that conveyor belt is moving them along, giving them more value, getting their information, learning what their responses are to some of the open-ended questions you may be asking them. They're going to convert into clients. Even if one or two of them, each month, if you pick up one, two, three clients per month, I mean, to get to 12, you're talking what, six months? If you're picking two clients up a month, that's um, conservative. two, three clients, even less than that. And that's conservative. I'm trying to be conservative with this because sometimes, you know, you might pick up more one week than you would another. You might go a couple of weeks where people just aren't biting. And there'll be other weeks where people are just seem to be in the mood for personal training, in the mood to engage with PTs. So obviously it's seasonal dependent, the time of the year and all that. But if you're being conservative and picking up a couple of clients per month, six months, you can have 12 clients. Now that is not a long time in the, in the grand scale of it. So within six months, you've got 12 clients there paying you that. Was it 250 we talked about there, Lewis? Yeah. That's going to get you towards that 3,000 per month straight away. So within six months, you've hit that target. Now, you know, anything above two, three clients a month, you know, you're over that price. And if you continue, even when you hit that 12 clients, you just keep doing the same every month. That's more clients. And it gets to a point where you can up your prices further down the line and you work in the same amount of hours, but you're getting more pay. So it doesn't have to be a 30, 40 hour job, groundhog day, wake up, coach, back to bed, groundhog, you just do the same again. So I think it's really important that you, once you know how many clients you need, you know the pricing model. And you look at how you get those clients and speaking to people is a massively overlooked area that we've talked about a lot of times. But if you're talking to 50, 50, 60 people a week, you're going to be converting them, definitely converting them within 
six to 12 months, you're going to be laughing. And I'll pass you on to the next point, Mr. Lewis. Yeah. So as Pete said there, you need to work out how many people you need to speak to, to then Obviously, you want them to become a client, but before they become a client, you obviously need to get them in a consultation. That's where you're going to do the selling. If you listen to last week's episode, that's where we talked a lot about that. And if you want to know the ins and outs of how to actually sell, you can, one, listen to the podcast we did last week, or two, head to the link in the description where I've got a completely free blueprint of how to actually sell your services in consultation the right way. So what I mean by that is, Let's say, for example, you need 10 conversations and that's going to lead to one consultation. And again, that's being really conservative. But let's say 10 conversations make one consultation and you know that on average, 50% of the consultations you convert into a client. So you do the maths. That means if you want to get two clients every, what, say one client a week, sorry, that means you know that you need to have 10 conversations. No, sorry, 20 conversations. Because 20 conversations would lead to two consultations, but then a 50% of the consultations sign up. So that'd be 20 valuable conversations a week, which would lead to two consultations, which would lead to one sale. Okay. So if you repeat that on a weekly basis, then you are going to get to your target clients pretty quickly. And again, me and Peter just throwing random numbers out here. It'll be different for everyone, of course, depending on a few different variables. But once you know how many people you need to speak to to convert to a consultation, you then need to set a target of consultations for yourself to convert or to do each week, should I say. And then you can work out your conversion rate. I gave that figure of 50%. It might be higher. It might be lower. But trust me, if you know how to sell, it should be high. It really should be high because you've already delivered a lot of value in the earlier part of the proverbial conveyor belt. So the consultation should almost be the easy part especially if you've been through our free 14-day blueprint, which I said I've just created, which is linked in the description. So there, I would say the four main steps, I would say. So the first one Pete said is writing down exactly your goals, hours you would like to work, and how many clients you actually want to work with. Because if you don't have this written down, you don't really know what you're shooting for. Second one, work out what price and model you want to do, whether that's a hybrid model or a traditional charging per hour. Third thing, set a target of how many people you need to speak to to convert to a consultation. And then the fourth thing, set a target of consultations each week and month. And you can then work out your conversion rate and then leading them to a long-term paying client. So again, just to use those numbers Pete said as well, if you sell a client into a monthly recurring payment model, so let's say, for example, you convert a client into from a consultation, sorry, into a client and you charge 250 a month. That will mean that you need 12 clients paying you 250 a month to make three grand. Now, 12 clients based on the numbers we've just given shouldn't take you too long. Of course, if you're inexperienced, it might take you a little longer, but absolute most, it should take you six months. Absolute most. You should be do, able to do it in probably three to five, if I'm being completely honest, if you put the work in and you speak to a lot of people. And just touching on what Pete said earlier as well, is you need to work backwards and think, how many hours am I willing to put in to do this? And it all comes back to what I think, either 
do them all the traditional way. If you're someone who doesn't want to charge a lot and you're just starting out, maybe charging £30 per hour, for example, that means working on these numbers to 250 a month, that means you've got 12 clients, you'd have to do 24 PT sessions per week to make 250 a month to make three grand. Or if you want to do the more hybrid model, and let's say, for example, you do one session a week, but you do the other part of your service online, it would work out to more £60 per hour. So, Pete, what do you think are the advantages of being someone who can actually charge higher like that? What are the pros of charging less? I mean, it sounds obvious, but what are the pros of charging less? And what are the pros of actually charging more per hour? I'll start off before I'd say the pro of charging less is it's going to get more people willing to pay and more people um, will have the budget for that. Yeah, I mean, obviously if they pay more in the hourly or over the package, then that is going to be less clients that you need to hit those targets. It's going to give you a better work-life balance, less burnout, more opportunity to go away, have that free time when you need it. Obviously, then it's sometimes harder to find those clients who are happy to pay the higher fee. It requires more, not more, just a better quality of consultation. You've got to really sell the benefits of that and portray the value. If you portray the value, then they should come across and the extra money should be there. Those sort of objections to that extra money should be covered. It depends how you, you handle those objections you get in consultation, you know, about price. If you're covering that well and you're, you're better at selling, that should be easier. Obviously, if you're charging less, it'll be easier to sell that because people they feel they're not making a, a big investment, essentially, do they? But it's not as much money. doesn't require as much thought. If I say to you, do you want this chocolate bar for a pound? Do you want this brand new sports car? There's going to be more thought in the sports car than the chocolate bar because you've probably got a pound in your pocket now. But that sports car, you've got to think about your finances to get to that point. There's going to be, you're going to get more clients, but then you're going to have a, a worse work-life balance. Essentially, you're going to be able to do a lot more hours for a similar return. So that that's, there's pros and cons of both sides of it. Maybe you, you go for more hours at the start and then you work your way by, we, we had this discussion about increasing prices for uh, clients. And you, when you take on new clients, you, you start them at a higher package and they don't know any different, do they? But if your current clients that you maybe took on before you knew any of this that we've discussed, we might have started clients on it £30, £30 £25 on the first start. It's then you have to have that, can be awkward, depends on how your relationship with the client, you have to have that little conversation about increasing them and you can't just hit them with a big hike of five, 10 pounds extra per session, because that's a lot. If they're doing two or three a week, that's an extra, what, 15, 20 quid, 30 quid, depending on how many sessions you're doing and how much you increase it. If you're increasing that session by a pound, two pounds per hour, it's not a hard conversation. So you've got to think about that. What do you want your 
I started on my first point, what do you want your life to look like? Do you want to have time with your family, friends, partner, and still enjoy your job? Or do you want to be working flat out, not really see the friends and family, but you're getting to that 3,000, but you're having a graft for it? It's just about weighing that up, really. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And I would always more push the hybrid model because you can earn more money per hour of time. It's simple as that. So I think we've summarized that pretty well. So this is how we would recommend going about making 3K a month consistently because it's all about consistency. There's no point in signing someone up and they're only with you for a month, for example. So I would also get across just a bonus tip in the consultation and say, if you are doing this example model, we said of just charging someone recurring every month on a monthly direct debit. If you have something in place where absolute minimum, you have to be with me for three months. One, that's so that you can actually get them some type of result. Because what can you do for someone in one month, realistically? So if you put something in place like that, you know that they're with you for at least three months. And a lot of the time, most people will be with you for longer than three months, but just so that you've got that security as well. So that's a little bonus tip to make sure you've got that consistency there as well. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. I don't think we've got anything more to add. I certainly don't. We're 40 minutes in now. No, I think we've uh, covered it all, yeah. Perfect. Well, episode 90, I hope you enjoyed, and we will see you in the next one. Cheers, guys. Thanks.